He's a big old Trav. Just kidding. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Matt Shore, and this is my friend, Big Trav, Travis O'Brien. Hello, Trav. How are you today? I'm good. What are you doing? I don't know. Okay. I, 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 new with I, the I, intro. I, I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of funny. Or just, well, then know. why did you call it out like I don't that? Know. You make me feel all Sorry. janky. <laughs> I feel janky already because GarageBand just updated and it's like, it just looks weird now. It's just janky. I don't like it. Everything's janky. If it stops recording at some point midway through because it's janky now, you know, I'll have to fix that jank, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Now nah, we'll just optimism. We'll just leave it in. People won't notice <laughs> yeah. the hard cut. <laughs> and the fact that it's dead air for 60 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the what's really the difference between what we normally do and that? Yeah, I guess that's true. That's a good point. Um, okay, so we're trying to speed things along these days and do a faster, more concise show where we get more stuff done in less amount of time. Just like Sonic Mania, Sonic the Hedgehog, Trav's favorite game. Buy it today for pre-order. Trav? I don't think you can... Alright, well, sure. <laughs> Uh, no, actually, you know what? I watched that trailer and I thought that was actually a pretty decent trailer. Like, I don't, I'm not a Sonic fan, but that trailer, it looks good. Yeah, like it was I, thought, a very I thought it was a good nostalgic. trailer. Like it, it, yeah. yeah, it made me actually want to check it out. I probably won't, but I'll watch John play it or something. It's made by the same guys who did the ports of like Sonic CD and Sonic Two and stuff, and those are great ports that everybody really likes. So, are they I mean, everybody, guys everybody that... who who liked, uh, you know, the original Sonics, not Trav, of course. <laughs> Is it the same guys that made Sonic 4? Was it Sonic 4 no. that did like episode 1? No. No? No? Okay. no. It's a different team. Okay. It's like it's like a fan team that Sega hired. Oh, that's basically. right. I remember hearing that. Okay, yeah. They were like, we don't give a shit about this, but you guys clearly do, so you do it. <laughs> God, my tooth. Should we bother talking about my tooth? Yeah, sure. Why not? Is that your tooth rattling in a, in a jar? <laughs> yeah, the tooth fairy is coming any day now. I got a, I got a root canal recently, and I just it just hurts right now. I'm going to take some medicine. Why don't you get started on the news? All right. But, uh, but before we do, yeah, I heard good things from somebody who played a lot of the early levels of Sonic Mania, which means, you know, the Sonic cycle has started anew. Mm. Uh-oh. Mm. I'm sure John will be very happy with it, but... Yeah, I'm sure. I still, uh, after watching the trailer, I was like, maybe I should go back and play Sonic 1 again, because, like, John made Sonic me play it. Sonic 1 sucks. John made me play it, and I got to, like, I got, like two-thirds of the way through or something, and I was just like, okay, that's enough for today, and then I never went back, so. Sonic 2 is good, Sonic CD, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic 3 is pretty good, too. I think I have I mean, 1 and 2 on PS3 for, like, PS Plus or something like that. Sure, yeah. Alright, enough rambling. Gets the news, Newsy. Uh, so, uh, I know we talked about Far Cry 5 last time, and probably the time before that, and anytime there's news, but, uh, so it's been confirmed it's taking place in current day Montana. Um, or at least, you know, mostly current day. They didn't give like an actual year or anything. But uh, yeah, it's it's it looks interesting. Did you see the any of the trailer stuff, Shore? Mm. Oh, sorry. Uh, don't mind me. I'm just taking some Vicodin. Um, <laughs> let's see. Did I see anything? I really didn't see anything else new because I it's coming out like next year or something. Like yeah, years. it's coming out February 27th. Um, but I mean, it, it you know we'll see. It looks cool. I know that some people are already like kind of. A little bit worried about the the tone that it seems to be going for and the like setting and all that stuff, but we'll see. What's what's different with the tone? Is it serious or joking? I think it's just because it's taking place in America and it's about a militia uh, taking over America Montana. Sucks. I'm not, you know, I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Uh, I am. I've been watching James Comey's testimony all day. America sucks right now. It's boring. 
Yeah, I've, controversy and shit. I hate it. I've watched the first few episodes of House of the New House of Cards, and that's not like that show. <laughs> I love that show, but it always like is like, man, this is fucking dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, what else? What else? Something that is kind of par for the course, but also super annoying. Uh, Kingdom Hearts three and Final Fantasy seven are planned to release in the next three years or so. Yeah, that was the funniest. Like that was the best. They're like, they should come out in the next three years. Or yeah, so. don't worry, it's guys, like, they're coming. What? Yeah, that's... Been, you could have said that every three years since Kingdom Hearts two or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. But yeah. I heard that they moved Final Fantasy seven from an outside their studio to an in-house team. Yeah, they moved it to internal. So, so I don't. Yeah, I. I don't know what Square's doing, man. Like they're like, oh, we need to sell Hitman because that thing doesn't make us enough money. But they're fucking all their other stuff, their internal stuff is like, none of this stuff's making you any money because you work for ten years on everything that you put out. We've said it a million times, but yeah. you don't. All you could just remake Final Fantasy Seven with new graphics, fresh coat of paint. It would be fine. We'd buy it. Mm-hmm. We'd buy it. Well, people bought it when it was just the same old game. I bought that game know, twice. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's silly. It's just really silly. Anything but that's, else? That's square. Is that all the news? No. No, it's not. <laughs> hey, hurry it up, man. Sorry. I'm trying to it's all right. Times, these things along. Time's moving slower for you because you're on Vicodin. It's actually Oh my God, you're right. Long. It's just kicking in. Has it been three hours since we started this? This is amazing. <laughs> uh, Blizzard uh, may be teasing a new hero. Uh, Hammond, who oh, right. was uh, another, they don't, we don't know if it's a human or a monkey or whatever, but he's also missing from the lunar base that Winston escaped from. Um, and the lunar base is going to be the next map. Right. It's unfortunately a control map, which bums me out, but whatever. It'll it'll still be fun. I heard a complaint about the map is that you don't get to see enough vantage points of like the stars or the exterior of the moon itself, so it feels like a very interior map. Mm. But uh, other than that, it seems like it's a fun place to hang out. Um, oh yeah, I heard that Tracer mentions Emily, her girlfriend, right, uh, in a new voice line too, and also that rumored concept art that was probably just a, a fake fan made thing that had uh, Hammond, a chimpanzee, wearing Doomfist gauntlet. I thought mm. that was a funny idea. So maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe Hammond, the chimpanzee, is the new Doomfist. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, but that that was a fun idea. Um, but yeah, I have lots to talk about in Overwatch stuff, so uh, I guess we'll save that for what we've been playing. I know we said we didn't want to save stuff. Yeah, that's uh, fine. But, I, but that, I sort of want to do a main topic this week about uh, Overwatch in general, and like I asked a bunch of people on this Overwatch community what they thought about certain things, so we're going to get more into that in a little bit. Um, any other breaking Overwatch news? Oh, oh! I actually have a couple Overwatch news topics that are unrelated from what I was just talking about. All right. Um, I heard that uh, apparently Kaplan is talking about making some changes to Mystery Heroes. Yeah, I, I just um, saw a video about that right before we started recording. Although he said it wasn't a major priority for the dev team. He said that they were talking about <laughs> making it difficult for people to commit suicide to change heroes. <laughs> How does, how's that going to work? If I you don't kill know. yourself, you stay as that hero or something? Maybe. Who knows? Um, but uh, apparently they are committed to making Mystery Heroes a you know a regular staple, which I like because I do like that mode. Yeah. Um, I think it makes you more versatile. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing I heard was that Kaplan talked about penalizing, meaning punishing, not penisizing, <laughs> which is when you add penises to things. That's oh, the God, the Vicodin. The Vicodin. <laughs> uh, 
He's gonna. They're gonna. Uh, Blizzard is gonna penalize Overwatch players who are leavers. So they're gonna compare how often you've left. I think, and after a certain point, you might get banned from comp completely. And of course, there's gonna be some 14 year old or petulant rager out there who's like, "That's not fair." But guess what? It's for you, so I don't have to play with you anymore. So piss off. Did they the say wanker. if you get uh, if you get banned from comp, it's for the season or if it's permanent? They said they're talking about potentially making it permanent. Okay. I, I would love if there was some sort of, like, work release program for, like, bad Overwatch kids <laughs> where they had to, like, work together to move yeah. payloads and shit. And then eventually <laughs> they'd, they'd, like, get it back together. And they could only play, like... It's like a version of Overwatch where they can't shoot. They can only, like, push things and hug each other. Oh, man. I would love that. That would be, be pretty like, funny. So therapeutic. Um, those are the my Overwatch news stories. Oh, but I, I did see that... Um, I'm excited. I like amusement parks. I love roller coasters. And Nintendo's partnering partnering with uh, Universal Studios to create um, Super Nintendo World, I think it's called, or Super Nintendo Land. It's a new theme park attraction area in Universal Parks in, I think, Tokyo and uh, Florida. And maybe even the Hollywood location, although the Hollywood location is a bit smaller, so it might be abridged. Um, but anyway, the, the big story is they're going to have, like... Um, a some sort of real world Mario Kart because that seems to excite everybody as a concept. Mm. So you know, I'm hoping they'll they'll do one of those like Spider Man the ride things that they have at Islands of Adventure where you're in a ride but you're wearing a VR headset. Mm. So like stuff's coming at you while you're actually moving. Um, it could be really fun. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm excited. Uh, I think that's a good move and a great way for a Nintendo to rake in an extra dough. Oh uh, yeah, on, on a you know. Uh, year-round basis hopefully that'll give them more leeway to take more risks in the future speaking of risks a lot of people have been talking about arms nintendo's newest uh switch game our cub reporter paul grody uh <laughs> he's he played the arms test fire and uh no no, no. He test said, punch test punch test man. punch test fire was and uh, yeah you're right and um he said he did not enjoy it, but I've heard some people... Some people really gravitate towards yeah. it, some people don't. Some people say it's deep, some people say it's shallow. So, you know, I think it's going to be a, uh, a definite hit or miss, you know, based on your personal thing. I think it would be a fun thing to have for a bunch of drunk people at a dorm or something like that. It just leads um, to them actually fighting, like just punching each other in the face. Or, yeah, that, that could, be, I've, could I've, be the new Settle It and Smash. Who I'm really knows? surprised at the buzz that I've heard from that game. Like, it's you know, I, I looked up some gameplay from the Test Punch. Um, I still don't have a Switch, hopefully soon. But um, it looked interesting to me. Like, like I saw, uh, and, like, Paul, may maybe, maybe he would like it more of the single-player stuff. Because, like, when I play multiplayer betas, like, sometimes I'm just, like, not for me. And then even, when, like, when I played Overwatch the first time, I was just like, eh, it's fine, but I'm not really a big multiplayer guy, so I'm not going to play it. And now I have, like, 400 hours in Overwatch. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, it looks interesting. Like, I I wouldn't... If I, got a, if I had a Switch today, I probably I wouldn't pay $60 for it, but I would want to check it out. I think it has high sales potential just in the fact that it's a major game from first party for this console that sold, like, Wildfire and is mm. still selling, like, Wildfire. And it's, like, pretty much it's the third major game right if you're not counting like shovel knight and like indies and stuff zelda then mario kart and yeah i guess yeah it would be arms now yeah if i was a even if i loved zelda at this point i would uh 
you know, and Mario Kart, I would still be like, well, what else does this have to offer? Right. You know, if I was a, if I was an avid gamer, maybe there's other people who who don't need to buy that many games or just more casual and enjoying what they got with their Switch. But I have a feeling it could it could sell more than it might if there were other options out there. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. We'll see sure. how it actually goes down. It also um, Switch would probably sell better too if they'd actually you know stock it in stores. That'd I saw some weird helpful. photo of like I think it was Akibara or whatever in in Tokyo where people are like wind up around the block to get switches. So, it's, you know, it's even selling out there. Maybe they really are having trouble meeting demand. Who knows? I mean, they or, they may very well be. You know, I mean, I'm sure after they they got bit by the Wii U launch stuff, then they were they probably estimated a bit lower, and that was maybe a mistake. But I understand why they would do it. Um. Oh, oh speaking of Switch, uh, their online service has been delayed until 2018. Right, but that means you don't have to pay for it right. until... So, like, Splatoon 2 hasn't been delayed, so you'll still be able to p- play that for free until 2018. Also, I, I thought I saw a price somewhere that was, like, $20 a year for the... Yeah, it's really cheap. Yeah, that's 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 not a bad deal, especially if you get a... Did they say it was a SNES game or just an old, like, NES game that you get a free, I don't know. free a month? Um, I think they changed it now, so it's, like, more like a Netflix mm. collection type thing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's they've been a, that's talking a, that would about be a good it. idea. That was something they talked about in the past couple weeks, is that they actually listened to fans and were like, oh, so you don't want a rotating game that goes away each month. What you want is, like, a roster and a collection, and it stays in your collection. I think So I think it's going to be more like PS Plus in that way. Okay. I mean, um, that's that's a better way to do it. Definitely. I mean, uh, there's, there's very few games that... Um, that I don't have that I want from the older generations... But you know, maybe maybe sooner or later we'll get some I think this, more GameCube stuff and stuff in there. Yeah. That's what I really want. I think this could just be also be like a goodwill thing towards it because like if you, like I've heard this from multiple people. Like if you, let's say you get an NES, let's say you get Kid Icarus for free from any for NES on your Switch okay. for a month. If you really want to play it, like you're gonna beat it in less than a month. Like so, even if they did take it away, you probably like you'd be fine. But this is just a thing that's like good PR for them. Like oh, you get to keep your like you know whatever. So, man, if you end up playing Kid Icarus for longer than thirty seconds after starting it, <laughs> I you had have Icarus amazing willpower. I don't think um, I ever made it past like the second or third screen. Like I didn't know what I was doing in that game. Yeah, I still don't. It's like Ice Climber to me. I'm like, why is this supposed to be fun? <laughs> I don't get it. Although I did like Uprising a whole bunch. Uprising. Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh, uh, is that the 3DS one? It is. Okay. The one where you had to like do the, the a claw thing with your hand, yeah, right. Or get the the circle <laughs> pad pro thing, right? Exactly. Look at the hand cramp extraordinaire. Mm. Um, I don't think I have anything. Oh, uh, Pokemon Tournament DX has been announced for Switch. It's releasing September twenty second, which um, is the Pokemon fighting game. Right. So yeah, it's which uh, I like is is a like last minute reveal on that coming out because it's like. Okay, that makes total sense, and hopefully that means we'll see that Smash Brothers port sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like maybe they're just keeping mums the words, make bigger surprises last minute, which I like. I'd rather, like you were saying about Red Dead, it's it's it'd be so great if this game came out in two weeks if they did it like an album drop, a kind of a surprise stealth thing. That's what I hate about the Fallout uh, thing is like, I, or not Fallout, the Far Cry thing. Yeah, uh, because it's like I don't care about a game that comes out next year. Like, if you're asking me what I'm most excited about right now, it's probably Super Mario Odyssey. Like, I'm excited to see what that turns out to be, uh, specifically after um, 
how great Zelda was. Like right. I'm like, well, if they if they reinvented the wheel with Zelda, and it was amazing. What if they did that with Mario too? I'd be, you know, I'd be mind blown. I'm um, looking forward to sort of Shadow of War, although I went back and played some Shadow of Mordor and was like, I don't really need to play this again. It, it sort of like I, suffered from that thing like Dragon Age where I'm like, in the in the years since this came out, or like two years, like games have advanced so much so quickly. I just, like, I love the way the combat feels in the game, but the movement, because I also went back a couple weeks ago and, and played some of it and like the movement felt really slow to me. In like a way that I didn't like. He's he's basically as he moves like Batman. Like he just walks really slowly. And yeah, it's just him. the Batman combat system. I well, mean, that's all it is. I, I I there was something about it, like I feel like they they did this a little bit different something in something in the timing of the combat in Shadow of Mordor that like made it. It also might have just been the fact that you're just cutting orcs' heads off. Like there that might right. have helped. Um, but but yeah, I mean I'm. I'm still really looking forward to Shadow of War, but also Super Mario Odyssey. I'm sure will be great they haven't made one of those since i guess sunshine like i know galaxy but like that was kind of a little bit of a different thing there wasn't like a hub or not there was a hub but it wasn't like like a six it wasn't in the style of like 64 true um it was its own thing yeah um yeah i'm looking forward to that in danganronpa 3 oh those i was looking at the games i really care about i was looking at the release year. date for that that's uh when is the release date in that for America? It's like August. <laughs> I want to say it's late August, but I'm not sure. Uh, that'd be cool. Um, Shadow of War has been delayed, though. Just yes, to October, right? Yeah, October 10th. Mm, that's a Which, bummer. I think that's kind of a bummer for them more than anything. Like, it's for me, it's, you know, make it, make it good. That's fine. But, like, they had August, which I don't think anything else big yeah right it would it would have sold really well then and and as you get closer to my birthday i'm gonna be buying all the games so when is that doesn't make sense yeah that doesn't make sense (laughs) um and like yeah and like that's a vicodin thought right there (laughs) once you get into september like that's the point where you're getting like destiny 2 and then we're we're coming up against like call of duty in november so like i don't i can't off the top of my head i can't think of other stuff in october i know there is other stuff like battlefront 2 is that not that might be in october um, there, no, that's November. The closer you get to Christmas, the more... It just could get uh, lost in the shuffle. Jam-packed, yeah, yeah, it can be. Like, I'll still uh, get it, but, yeah. I remember when Shadow of Mortar came out, it was like, there was nothing else really that interested me at the time, and that great review on Kotaku really sold me on it, so I, I was very happy when I tried it. But yeah, going back to it now, I'm like, this is fun, but I don't... Like, I don't know what it was, but, like, Maybe it's just because Mordor is fucking ugly for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, I just didn't feel the need to get lost in that universe again. The way I, when I picked up like Bloodborne again, I'm like, yep, sign me up. I love this. Yeah. Um, but that's just, you know, personal preference. There, it is, it is, you know, if you haven't played it, I do. Oh, yeah. The it. Nemesis system is still something that just seems crazy and something that I can't believe hasn't been ripped off a million times by now. I think the other thing about Shadow of, of uh, Mordor is that the story sucks. Yeah. And it's the actual gameplay that keeps you going. Mm. So if you binged on it really hard, it's sort of like why I don't, I'm not like that excited about the prospect of going back to play Breath of the Wild anytime soon or like starting a new save on it. It's because like I don't really care about the main story that much. For me, it was all of it. Like I could go back to my current save and just like screw around and find stuff. Right. But like I don't really care about the idea of like reliving any of those dungeons or anything because they're just sort of crummy. Yeah, man. I really hope because I mean, you know, I'm sure they're gonna make another one in that template. Hopefully that they they can make what Breath of the Wild is now, but maybe turn it on its head enough to where it's still 
doesn't feel too familiar to what at Breath of the Wild actually is, and then also just give us better better dungeons. Yeah, or d- real dungeons. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to see what their DLC is, too, because I mm. still have that pass. Right. And you got Thank your you, Switch Tony, shirt. for giving me the pass. Yeah, I got my Switch shirt. <laughs> Link can wear a Switch shirt. Except Does it have good armor? You. No. No? It, is... it, has no, it has no armor. But it takes up your chest armor slot, right? Yep. Okay, great. Um, right <laughs> it's like punishment yeah if anything you should have bought a switch the switch version has armor on it no, it <laughs> yeah right right um i don't know if you like uh which need for speed was it that you like most wanted right mm-hmm. uh need for speed payback has been announced it's releasing november 10th um i watched the trailer it looks like a fast and furious movie it could be fun and- i do love need for speed games i like the way they control they're fun i thought uh rivals was kind of a, a misstep. The idea was really cool, but the setting was kind of meh. Yeah. I thought the setting of uh, Most Wanted was just... It was such a great city, um, and there's so much fun to be had there, and the races were so great. Uh, but uh, Rivals just didn't feel that uh, exciting to me for yeah, like, I various mean, reasons. Yeah, I liked Rivals because it was like basically a PS4 launch game, but I didn't play it. For, I played it for, I don't know, 10, 15 hours, and I was, like, I was, done, I was done with it. So. Yeah. I mean, I could probably go back and still find stuff in that game, mm. but uh, yeah, there's probably no community anymore, which kind of you know ruins the point, right? And then after that, they released the Need for Speed movie, and so they're like, okay, no more of this game ever, because uh, that movie bombed horribly. And then unfortunately, they made that that game in twenty either last year, no, I think it was twenty fifteen with all the FMV in it, the one that was just called Need for Speed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, that one is on sale for like $10 pretty regularly. I see it on just everywhere. Um, what else? We, uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 has been announced. It's releasing, releasing right. August 8th. So For people who want to play the worst Mega Mans out there, you can now play them in that, one great box. It'll be 7, 8, 9, and 10, right? Yeah. That just, yeah. Seven's really bad. Eight is pretty good. Nine is, you know, the one where they started going back nine and ten are the ones that are like the most recent they were like ps3 that... games right yeah right which so were free like... on ps plus so i think i already have those so like i'm not gonna buy right this. yeah i mean like i think it's dumb just like give us one package with all of the games mm. and all i'm talking like all the games x and all the stuff stop reselling this stuff over and over capcom you're just being uh cash grabbing whores i mean that's what capcom's been doing for years though like they they remade resident evil then they re mastered for the remake of resident evil and you know yeah but those at least look really good and are fun to play like i don't i i mean like i like those remastered resident evils compared i mean like you're literally just playing the same Mega Man games over and over again mm. with the same glitchy screens and shit it's like okay great fantastic um like i don't know why i mean i will play Mega Man two or three or four maybe any day but like uh i don't know i would prefer to play shuffle knight uh yeah I could you say did, did you uh have you played any of the dlc for shuffle knight the specter of not Iron yet okay. not yet. still haven't tried it yeah i've still haven't gone back since i played that first level it's just there's you know there's been so much oh, stuff. maybe i'll do that on stream once i get my streaming thingy i'm getting the capture card or capture device Oh, that's right. So do I can you, start streaming on Twitch. Do you have Shovel Shore Knight on, on Twitch? Sorry. On Wii, on Wii U, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I had it on Wii U, and then I bought it on PS4 to get it on Vita or something like that. I don't remember. But, right. Um, 
but yeah, Shovel Knight's great. Uh, Battleborn is now mostly free to play. I played oh, a little yeah. bit of that last night. I trolled. I do you see Jason Schreier is is like trying not to get in an argument with Randy Pitchford as Randy Pitchford is like defending the distinction between they they say it's a free trial even though it's kind of following the FTP model mm. and like and uh, apparently Pitchford had previously called him out on you know uh, a misnomer in his article like saying you didn't say it exactly the way it is but everybody else in the gaming community is like yeah he used a different word it's like it's like the uh them saying it's not a travel ban it is a travel ban you know it's like we all know what it is just say like it doesn't matter what the name of the thing it's what matters what the content is of course those are two completely different things but in the world of the entitled gamer they're equally important mm. um but uh yeah pitchford was on twitter the other day being like uh, arguing with people about how it's not a free trial and stuff like that. And I just, I've just been really enjoying the stuff that Trier's been writing lately. And so I was just like, I, I sent a message to Pitchford being like, um, can my Overwatch skins transfer into uh, Borderlands 3? <laughs> also, what's Battle Point? <laughs> that's funny. No response. That's me. That's funny. No response. <laughs> uh, uh, fuck Battleboard. Fuck it up, it's stupid asshole. That might be the Vicodin talking, but fuck it. It's stupid. It's it's over. Give up. Move on. Give me the game I want. Shut up and take my money. Uh, Alright. Did you... Hey, spe- speaking of Schreier, what about that article he wrote about Mass Effect, right? Oh, that article was so long, but I'm glad I read it. Like, that was really interesting. I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah, that was it made me really want good... to buy his book. He's got some. I know, right? Yeah, I did. I did too. Especially because apparently the book talks about Inquisition. Yeah, that's why. That's why I wanted to buy it so much. Um, Yeah, I was going to buy it that day, but I was on pre-order. I'm not pre-ordering a book. Like some nerd (laughs) cut to next year when my book is coming out or some shit, and I'm begging people to pre-order it. (laughs) It comes with a free sticker, Um, and. yeah, I uh, I love that article. Basically, if you haven't read it, go on Kotaku, check it out. But it basically, it's all about Mass Effect Andromeda and why its troubled production uh, resulted in such a shoddy product. It sounds and, worse than I ever thought it. it like, yeah, it, could be. it sounded like EA if EA didn't give the Bioware teams the resources they needed to create, uh, you know, the new version of the. <laughs> One of the greatest game series of all time. It just seemed... It's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was a lack of leadership and, like, different important... Like, Casey Bishop and stuff left. So it's just, like, there there were so many factors that contributed. It wasn't just, like, you know, oh, they decided to make crappy animations. Like, there's a reason the animations look so crappy. There's a whole section of this article about that. So it's, like, you know, it is what it is. But um, it was it was sort of a perfect storm of shit. Yeah, that made that game, and imagine, and apparently the funny thing is, they, they say it was a five-year development cycle, but apparently all of the work took place in the last like eighteen months. Yeah, that, that yeah. just seems crazy to me. Like, like you said, Mass Effect is one of the biggest game franchises of recent memory. Like, I can't, I, I, just, I can't understand why EA would just rush it. Did they, did they think that everyone would blindly just be like, "Yeah, Mass Effect, I'll buy it and I'll love it"? Like, they kind of did. Right? I mean, they kind of bought it, but they didn't love it. Like. And they it couldn't have made that much money, or they wouldn't have shelved it. Like, and I think it's also just become such a joke yeah. too. Like after a certain point, like, I mean, you you can get away with um, gamers have a real fool me once. Shame on you or 
fool me twice, shame on me. Is that how it goes? <laughs> I don't know what it sure. is, but I'm saying... Vicodin. Gamers have that once bitten, twice shy thing, is what I'm saying. Like, no one's going to rush out and buy No Man's Sky 2, is what I'm trying to say. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. if, if they re- tried to release Mass Effect Andromeda Special Edition next year, everyone would be like, wait a sec, what the fuck is in this box? Mm. They're not going to be like, you know... I mean, there's plenty of gamers who do have no compunction about you know rushing out and buying whatever it is just because it's new we call them big trap around these parts but uh in my opinion most gamers are way smarter (laughs) (laughs) but yeah read that article if you haven't really really good stuff a good read well written it really Um, makes me feel bad for those guys man like having to work on frostbite even though it wasn't made for that and and even though inquisition came first it didn't really fix a lot of the problems that they needed like it just it sounds like a nightmare. and then, It did make sense, too, because it's like, why didn't they just use the Inquisition systems? They were at least like a groundwork, and it's like, because in Frostbite, you have to build everything from the ground up. Was Inquisition like, not like, in Frostbite? It was, but it's like, they had to build that stuff oh, in Frostbite specifically for Inquisition. It wasn't built into Frostbite in a right. way that they could just take that over and put it in a different game, or so they would, so it would see. It's like, everything they built into both those games are like load-bearing. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me, from what I could tell. And it also it sounds like so they're easy as cut and paste. They didn't like their writing didn't come together until the very end and <laughs> Right. Just... Yeah, well you said the 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 principal work took place in the last eighteen months. We're not talking about like coding. We're talking about like the writing of the story. Yeah, which writing's usually done like in pre production or like mostly like in pre production and it's like it should <laughs> or be at ready least, to yeah, go. Yeah, the scope of what's gonna happen. Right. You know, maybe some like dialogue fixes happen on the fly at the end, but like or someone improvises in the booth or some shit. But like that's pretty crazy. And like I mean there there it's really interesting. The whole yeah, thing is, you is should very interesting. Read. Um, all right, let's 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 round out the news. What else? Do we have anything else special? Uh, the Ultra Sun and Moon thing. That oh right, so they released a Nintendo Direct this past week, and some people were really excited that they were going to announce a Pokemon main series title for the Switch. Uh, but it turned out that what they were announcing was Pokken coming to uh, the Switch. And uh, Ultra Sun and Moon, which is like the special edition versions of Sun and Moon, which have a alternate main storyline and some new Ultra Beasts and stuff like that. Sort of like, you know, what they always do since second generation. Mm. Or I guess they did since first generation with Pokemon Yellow. Oh, it's yeah, just true. like, yeah, a special edition version of the first two games in, in that, uh, what do you call it, that series or whatever. Mm. Um that generation of Pokemon titles. So some people were bummed that it wasn't the, um, that they weren't announcing a big main series title, but that's just like overzealous wishful thinking. I mean, they just gave you a Pokemon game, a new one last year. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would be surprised if they were announcing a remake title of anything. It just didn't make sense. But, uh, yeah, some people were bummed. I mean, it also didn't help that, that on the website they accidentally put switch tba under ultra sun and moon right 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 and it does it would make sense if they put ultra sun and moon on switch yeah so that's the thing it's like i don't expect like a main series title specifically developed for switch that perfect mmo pokemon game that would print money for them at least not right away but i mean switch is half handheld half console that's the whole deal so like saying it's a 3ds specific series like it's Silly. It's yeah, just that's silly just at Nintendo this point. doing, making, just saying weird stuff. Although that article, 
the Schreier article really made me realize how little I know about coding and how porting works. So it's like maybe it's impossible to take a 3DS game and just slap it up there. Um, who knows? Yeah. But that's all I have to say about that. Yep. That's it for news. So what you been playing, Trav? I've actually I've, I've played a lot uh, this past couple weeks. Probably the most I've... I probably played the most games that I ever have that we can talk about on the show. Like, uh, I played... <laughs> you played a lot of pornographic games that we can't talk about on the show. I don't know where this I... Show I know, in my head, I know what man. I was trying to say, but it just didn't come out. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think I took the two Vicodin cycles too close together, because I feel great right now. <laughs> um, I... What was it that I had to finish? Oh, uh, I beat Prey. Uh, yes. At the, like, pretty quickly after we recorded our last episode. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think that I understand the criticisms of because it was Schreier that said he really didn't like the ending, right? I believe so. Or Kirk, I forget who it was. I, I understand that. I I personally like the ending, but I think it like I liked the story of the ending, but I think it could have been told a bit better. Interesting. Um, but yeah, the gameplay. I think that game has a really good ramp as far as like by the end of it, I was like like getting through areas really quickly and not just because I wasn't searching everything just because like I knew where I was going and I really felt like I learned the base um and the combat uh you know stayed relatively dangerous and somewhat like fresh ish maybe fresh isn't the right word but like it it was fun uh throughout but but yeah I really enjoyed Prey and I, I think you know it'll probably be on sale relatively soon sure so maybe you can pick it up then yeah, if not, I'll get it during the holidays when it's like twelve bucks. Sure, I, I'm excited to see what's on. There's there like some starting tomorrow. There's some like week of PlayStation sales uh, for E3 or something like that. E3 oh, is right. next week, I believe. So uh, yeah, that'll be exciting. We're not going to see Death Stranding at E3. No, I just found that out, which is a bummer. But I'm also like, oh, who cares? That's I mean, gonna I... Be, it, we'll get it when we get it. Yeah, that game's going to be like mysterious. 2019, 2020. Like we don't need to see that at every press yeah, conference right. um uh i'm excited to see more of god of war though that'll be yeah fun. me too and i'm sure this has to be the e3 where bethesda brings out evil within 2 i would think like we've known about that game or they've been there have been rumors about that game for two years now like it, this has to be the one where they bring it out and then did you see that thing i forget i'm just popping into my head now but that ubisoft's for honor lost like 95 percent of its like player base or maybe 90 percent of his player base since release. Really? Like, yeah. Like, in the past, you know, since it came out like a month or a month and a half ago. And it was February, middle of February? Like, it went from, you know, a big player base excited about this game to nobody playing it. That's in crazy. In record time. There you go, Ubisoft, always breaking records. Um, how did how did you, sitting in the board meeting, how did that go? Were they real upset uh, with you for not I was too it? busy. I was too busy sucking off the voice actor who plays Wrench. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't talk with my mouth. God. Why do I do this? Why do I agree to this joke? It's disgusting. Uh, Don't show your mom this episode. She'll be sad. Um, Let's see. What else were we talking about? What we've been playing? playing? Yeah. Um, What else have you been playing? You played Batman. We both played Batman, Telltale Batman. You loved it. I hated it. I didn't love it. I I very much enjoyed it though. But I, it was also the kind of thing where like I I kind of like turned off my brain a little bit and was just like, oh, I'm Batman. Whatever. I'm Batman. Let's all fucking Ugh. make choices. Um, 
That's horrible. To me, being Batman is all I've ever wanted. My mind never becomes more awake than when I'm Batman. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought that there was so many glaring plot holes. I just... In not, not, not even, like, continuity between the comics and, like, lore stuff. Uh, I, I, I eventually forgave that stuff after I was like, okay, they're just doing their own retcon, whatever, with this stuff. It was just, like, so many just nonsensical plot holes that I was just like, okay, whatever, just... Like this wouldn't this wouldn't pass the mustard on the uh, on the animated series. Mm. Like it just made me sick of Telltale games altogether. Oh, uh, yeah. When I say when I say I turn my brain off, I just mean like I didn't notice all the plot hole stuff that you were that you're talking about because I was just like kind of going with the flow, not really thinking about it too much. You know. I know, but I I necessarily uh, overthink everything. No, I'm not. I'm not Batman. saying you were wrong. I'm just saying you know I was just like. Like I enjoy no, it, but I, it's not. It's not like one of the. It's Paul not the said best the same thing, thing to I me, played. where he's like, "Oh, it was fine." I'm like, "No." <laughs> That's why I, we were talking about maybe doing a spoilers segment on it. And I'm like, I don't know if it's even worth it. Like, because I I feel like it's just gonna be me bitching about things and like anyone I tell about it, it's like, yeah, it's it's a game about a cartoon. Well, there is man. there is one thing I want to know um, that I think maybe was different on our playthroughs. There's a point in episode. To, and, like, this may be a very minor spoiler, but I'm going to try not to say it. Like, there's a point in one of the episodes where you have to you have a choice to, of between saving two people. Yeah, Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you go for the male or the female? Male. Okay. That's where we differed. So I think that may actually be one of the reasons you got annoyed by it. And I'll, I'll talk about it to you off the air. Um, but Oh, really? Yeah, because the, you, you were saying they, that they, they drew something out that they had already done a million times before, and you were really annoyed, and you were like, you just wish they'd get it over with. And that, like, they got it over with right away for me. So so does the, the guy have a transformation, let's say? Yeah. If you don't save him? Right. That's what I figured would happen. Yeah. But he pretty much behaves exactly the same. But he just... He would look different. Okay. You know? I could see that being super annoying then. Yeah, I totally could see that. Like... It was actually less annoying than I thought. I, I grew to like that part. There were just the the I I didn't mind their characterization. I didn't mind the dialogue. What I minded was just like these like like logical leaps you mm-hmm. had to get from like episode to episode that were just sort of like okay, whatever. I guess this is happening, and it just wasn't. I just it was okay. It wasn't that great. Sure. It wasn't as good as Wolf Among Us. I no. liked Game of Thrones one better, even though I had even though I wasn't as gaga for the Borderlands one as everyone else. I still think that was a better game overall. I'm I'm um, still hoping they make a sequel because they do have, like, you know, they do the thing where like at the v- very last episode, like you're never going to talk to this person again, but they will remember this. So hopefully there's a there's a, that is a season such, two or whatever. That is such a bullshit gimmick. They're, oh, they I know. will remember this. I know. And it's like they say that in every game, yeah. but it's never come up. Well, I feel you like... look at like the choices that actually matter yeah. at the end, and they're like, "Oh, there are only five. Yeah. We were totally red herring you at the other ones." It's like, thanks, game. I feel like in in Walking Dead, the first season, and like maybe it was because it was the first Telltale game I played, but I feel like then when they said they will remember this, it actually came back up. But maybe that was just yeah. me not seeing the strings. But it is cool to know that the transformation thing we were talking about doesn't happen if you save the male, because I I assumed it would still happen no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I figured that. There was just no way to shoehorn it in. Mm-hmm. And there's that other part later. It's like, which do you go do? Do you go to the mansion or do you go to Wayne Enterprises? Right. And I was like, I wonder what it's like to see the other side. Not enough to ever play this again, but I wonder. What did you pick? Um, I picked uh, Wayne Enterprises. I picked the house. 
Well, there we go. It sounds like we more stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that later and decide if it's worth an episode. Sure. Maybe uh, during the break or something. Um, I don't even know how many people played this game to be honest. That'd be interested in it. I bet you a lot. Um, of, I mean, it's Batman. I bet you it. It's probably one of Telltale's best games or best selling. I would imagine. Who knows? Um, I'd rather play Arkham Knight. I thought the story was better in this than Arkham Knight. That is not true. Um, well, because it just because it, 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 we've talked about Arkham Knight, you know, I don't like that. Um, what else did I play? I beat Horizon. Yes. Um, which what's I, your verdict on Horizon? I, is it a classic? Um, I probably like it just like the smallest bit less than most people seem to like it, as far as reviewers and stuff. Um, I have a lot of problems with the uh, the human AI in combat. Um, which mo- it seems like mo- that's pretty much mo- most people do. Um, the humans in combat have AI. <laughs> no, it's just, um, and then I feel like the combat overall is really bad unless you are using all the tools at your disposal, like the game wants you to. Like if you play the game on its terms and do what it wants you to do, as far as using like the stuff to tie machines down and to set up traps and everything, like it's yeah. it's really fun. But if you get to the point where you're just using your bow and just shooting their weak points and running away, shooting a weak point, running away. It's the worst combat in the world, so don't do that. Um, I agree. I found that to be true even in my short time playing it. I'll, I'll go back to it after I finish what I've been playing, but like, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, where it's like, I had a lot more fun with it when I was like, the problem is, it's like, you just know, it's like, now I gotta collect more stuff mm. to make this stuff, uh, but whatever. I, 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 I'm still interested in the game. but I, I ended up really enjoying the story. That's good. Um, I, I, I'm curious because I know that they're already working on a sequel for this. Like, I think that's pretty obvious considering how it's sold and how they want it to be a new franchise. I am curious as to what they would do story-wise in a sequel because, like, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, but, like, by the end of this one, most, not all, but most of the big questions about that world are kind of answered. So, like, are they just going to make a game where you already know all the answers and it's just, like, a side story? Like... Because, like, that's the main pull for me through the narrative was, like, well, what's going on with this world? Why are there robot dinosaurs? Like, what's happening? And you get the answers to those questions by the end of it, so it, that mystery won't be there in a sequel unless they find some way to do it, so. Hmm. I'll have to finish it and yeah, see what I, mean, I think it's, about that. Because it's, it's, it's I don't know great. if I felt that same pull. I definitely wanted no, the story it, to keep going, but, like, the idea of it being a mystery it, it, it gets the there. part. It gets there. Like, I'm with okay. you. Like, there's story stuff where you're just kind of out in the world doing stuff for people in the world that is kind of, yeah, like, side, whatever. side mission stuff. No, but e- even, like, even in the main mission, like, there's a lull in, like, the, the middle of the game where, like, you're just helping some cities and it's just like okay right, right, but then right. once you get past you that mean. you start uncovering the truth and that's when i really feel like the story got interesting cool um i think i mean i've been playing like i've been playing wasteland 2 some um mm-hmm. only like 10 hours in this that and that game's supposed to be really long so that's nothing <laughs> dogs are exploding yeah i made some dogs and some chickens explode um i have some <laughs> i have some cows with me right now so i'm waiting for them to explode and then i can get some beef um, I don't actually know if that's true. That'd be good if that was true, though. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, that game seems fun. It's got the XCOM combat, so that's. But it's not as deep. Ah. But it's fun. But um, I think that's. I mean, there's other stuff. I'm sure. Like I played a Mission of Neo. Um, I also played a Mission of Neo. Oh, did and you? Stopped immediately. Oh, when you were when you were. Yeah, when I was cat sitting at Yeah, I was like just not into starting it. Yeah. Um, 
That game has a very, like... I was like, why is the Queen of England in this? I need to stop (laughs) immediately. Um... Let's see. What have I been playing? Oh, I've been playing what? Uh, just real quick, I just remembered when we when we were talking about Neo. Uh, I think it was like the last episode or whatever episode you were cat sitting. I think I said that the main character's from America. I misspoke. He's from like England or Ireland. Like it just. I feel, I feel like you already okay. corrected. Maybe that in a different episode. It's not important. No one. No one was writing in about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. I uh, let's, I've been playing a bunch of stuff too. Played a ton of Dark Souls two and been streaming that for the past couple of days. I'm closing in on the end. I did all the DLC in the past couple of days. Very fun. Really enjoyed that. Playing a lot more Phoenix Wright. Trying to finish that uh, story in that it, it hit a lull as well. Um, it should have been a really exciting moment where you're playing as Apollo, who's like Phoenix Wright's protege. And you have to go head-to-head against Phoenix in court. The first time in the series that ever happens. Where it's lawyer versus lawyer in that way. Um, and it should have been exciting. But it was actually one of the weaker moments in this, uh, the series so far. And in the uh, episode. So that was a bit of a bummer. But uh, the game is getting more exciting again. And it, they added like life or death stakes in this one. Which is kind of cool. Um, as far as like your characters? Yeah, exactly. You're basically... You know, all the other... Uh, even though it takes place in this like heightened cartoon version of America, it's still quote unquote America. Um, boy, America sure has a lot of rural Japanese villages. Yeah, it's strange, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, in this one, you're you're doing you're basically uh, travel to a far east kingdom that has like this militant uprising kind of thing going on, so, and uh, it has this crazy defense culpability act where. If uh, to prevent people from forging evidence, uh, defense lawyers need to be 100% convinced of their client's innocence. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, if the uh, if the culprit is sentenced to death, then the lawyer will be sentenced to death too. So there's like an added layer of like not only is he fighting for his client, but he's also fighting for his life, which just makes it it's heightened and ridiculous, but it's also fun yeah. to imagine. Like previously, it was just like, oh no, we're gonna lose the case, and this could ruin somebody's life, and now it's like, okay, Phoenix is gonna die, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, that sounds cool. Especially because like the first case is like a child that you're representing, mm. so it's like the child will be put to death and you'll be killed too. On top of that, great. Um, it's a pretty fun one. Um, uh, been playing that. Uh, played a little bit more Paper Mario. Been digging on that, but not too much. Which one are you playing? Um, Is it Thousand Just year? the first one. Oh, okay. Just the, one the first on one on SNES? N64. Oh, N64. Uh, they didn't have one on SNES. They had the SNES one was Super Mario RPG. Um, and uh, let's see what else I've been playing. Uh, I got back into Kingdom Hearts 2. Been playing a little bit of that. My main criticism of that game now is that all the crazy stuff that I talked about in the previous episodes is way more interesting than the Disney stuff. Mm. But Kingdom Hearts 2 dives right back into the Disney stuff. Mm. And not only that, in the first game you go through all these Disney worlds and it's like fun and whatever. In the second one you go through almost... I've gone through like two of the same Disney worlds from the first game. And it's like... Oh, so you're just going through them again? Yeah, it's like... You're doing a different, like, you're doing different scenes from the movies, but right. it's like, 
it's not it's kind of sucks and disney has enough movies that they shouldn't have to double up like that right and like the first level in the game is mulan so i was like okay well they didn't do mulan before but it also kind of sucks because there's not that much going on in mulan Mm -hmm. and it's like mulan is all about how like she's ingenious and like she's you know crafty and like proves that she can do anything a man can do basically right but in this game you're like helping her so it kind of like under, defeats the purpose the movie yeah yeah it that's kind of super like, dumb it's just like i'm mulan i need your help it's like no that's not the fucking point that's uh. the exact opposite of the point of the movie right that's, and the other thing is a, a lot of the selling point of mulan is eddie murphy and that it can't get eddie murphy for this game so they have like an eddie murphy impersonator who's, and it's like he's he's fine so it's like uh who's eddie, eddie murphy and mulan he plays the dragon, her sidekick, the okay. little red dragon. That's that's what I thought. Um, I, just, I haven't seen Mulan since I was a kid, so right, me either. But like, I remember like the big points. But like the, uh, you know, the ending is fine, and it's like, oh, it has, it's like, it, it, it hits the major notes. But like, the the next level I think is like Beauty and the Beast, and it's like one of the major things. Like the last major level of the game is like not Beauty and the Beast, but it has Belle and the Beast in it. Mm. So it's sort of like, okay, why am I doing this again? And that. It just feels like I've just so much beating the beast lately. Like this, I'm not interested in this. And then the next one after that is is Hercules. That's like, God damn it! There's like a whole Hercules section in the first game, and they even do the same jokes again. And it's just like, man, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, anime stuff going on behind the scenes in these Kingdom Hearts games. And I have to play through these like boring ass like like you, you totally your side games totally oversold me on how interesting the rest of this universe is and then the main game in the series is like uh-oh you know it looks like megara got kidnapped by hades and like let me tell you i love hades i love the james wood hades i think it's great mm. and you get a lot of them in these games but it's just sort of like eh, okay well, like, whatever i'm fighting the hydra i'd sure. be much more i'd be much more likely to play kingdom hearts if it had less disney stuff and more of like crazy anime stuff the first one i feel like has a good balance though mm. you know what i mean mm. whereas this one it feels like the whole prologue of it is crazy anime stuff and then it just stops mm. and 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 the uh kingdom hearts one i feel like is constantly going back and forth between crazy anime stuff final fantasy stuff and disney stuff so it like has a balance this one it feels like the whole prologue was like a six hour prologue that was really interesting then that's over and now you're playing Kingdom Hearts. It's just sort of like, okay, fine, whatever. But I, I have I have hopes that it's going to get more interesting, but it's just like, it's sort of taking the same plotting, like, course, but it's like I've already had the prologue, and now I'm I'm ready for it to get interesting again, is, is what I'm saying. Right. Well, don't, um, don't worry, man. As soon as you're done with that, you only got a three-year wait until Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, I still have, like, two more games in the collection after Kingdom Hearts 2. And there's also that... 3d drop distance remake too that i could play so believe me if i want to play kingdom hearts there's no short supply of that um i think that's all i've been playing so let's move on to uh what i what i want to talk to you about in terms of overwatch Mm. which was the question i posed to you trav and to our listeners if they play overwatch is you know if this is basically what i posted here i'll bring up the post if you could assemble a list of rules for people in competitive overwatch what would you include i told them that we would be doing an episode about this at some point and i thought i told them to think about it as the comp institution like if you had to make up a list of rules for comp like of like you should do this or you shouldn't do this what would those be and like i i think it's funny because like trav you and i think about this stuff a lot and like the one thing I 
I, I would stress probably my first rule is be flexible. Mm. Um, because the more flexible you are, the more beneficial you are to your team. So that means I think a good rule in general is to be like, practice a couple heroes from each each group, damage, tanking, and healing, so you feel comfortable in case you don't get to play your main. Don't throw the game if you don't get to play your main. Don't be one of those people. Um, and also be flexible in terms of your own personal rules. I, I, I mean, when I look at this list of responses, I see people who are just like, these are, you have to do this thing. And some of these rules make sense to me and some of them don't, but people are obsessed with these own, their own rules that they might've come up with during like season two or whatever. Mm. And when they see someone break the rules, they start raging. And like, I feel like this is where problems arise. It's like, if you made up a rule in your head and you consider it a universal rule and you're the only one who knows it, how do you expect people to follow that stuff? That's why I think like our, our code of ethics for this things could really, you know, help people out. Well, it's, it's also like that, like that that thing i think another important part especially for the level that we're in like gold um right gold to platinum like and 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 you and i talked about this a couple months ago but but like if your team is like don't don't attack outside of their spawn but like if your team is pushed up and not doing the like recommended point of defending like if you're not standing in the spot that like the pros do just go with your team and try to help them win as opposed to just standing in the back and be like well they're stupid and letting all of them die you know um yeah if you're if you're odd man out and you're just like my team's an idiot it's it's so i mean group up yeah that's that's a that's a really good i mean i think the exception to the group up rule is like if you are playing a flanker and your job is like tracer to get behind the team and buzz around but like if you are flanking just Make know where your health packs are as a flanker. Mm. Know where your outs are and don't stay any longer. Consider yourself like a clam diver. You know, know how long you can hold your breath and when you need to come up for air. Um, and I think that's a good rule of thumb for just about any player. I've, the way I've been playing recently is, and I, I criticize Trav a lot for this, for staying out there uh, and like fighting till his last fucking breath. Mm. Uh, and I've been trying to do this thing lately where it's like if I don't have heals... And I don't see anything going on. I'll walk like halfway across the map to get to a health pack and come back and stay with that life. Because like it might not seem like the best use of my time, but it's still faster, slightly faster than uh, dying and respawning and leaving my team alone. Because right. I might see something or be able to participate in a call out in a different way or do something else. And so I've been really conscious about like keeping my characters up for as long as I can uh in that way and also being very conscious of my health and not and also uh in terms of like call outs like what trev how would you describe good call outs because i think that's important um uh, like if you're on mic with other people what do you want to hear from that people and what don't you want to hear the, well uh, what i would like to hear is the character's name and their location like bare minimum like i don't i don't need to hear like and, I, and I'm guilty, everyone's guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I stumble sometimes. Like, like, I think last night we were playing, and I was talking about Symmetra, and I called her Zarya or something like that. Sure. And, but, like, in general, I don't need to hear, Farah is over there. She's over there, look out. Over there, behind the thing. Like, just say Farah back right. You know, or, or, right. Like, or, like, back room health pack. Something like that. Like, um, And you might be thinking, well, right and left... 
uh, could be different depending on which way we're facing. I say the solution to that is to make everything objective relative. If you're defending, then the way in which you would face towards your opponent towards is the, the choke. front. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, facing towards the opponent, uh, your opponent's spawn is the front. Left and right are relative to that. Mm. So it can get confusing. I often get my lefts and rights mixed up because I'm thinking the attacker is coming to what... If I was attacking, it would be the left. But I'm on defense right now, so, so it's, it's the, the right. right. So you might stumble on that too. But in general, making everything objective uh, relative is good. Saying stuff like Farah, top right... It might not seem specific enough, but at least... It's better you know, than nothing. You know it's a fair is around. Nothing, and you're communicating all the key information they might need in a quick, succinct manner. Right. Because part of good callouts is being succinct and direct and uh, not clogging the channel with unnecessary information. Because the more succinct you are, the more information you can get in there. You don't want one person... Unless they're doing all the callouts and are being some incredible communicative boss you don't want uh you know some person just you know diva's gunning me down yeah <laughs> kind of lead on so nonsense um and it's also good to know i was thinking about this the other day if you're a mercy and you're backpacking somebody and things aren't that bad right now say you're just backpacking one person who's uh tanking and everybody else is is relatively high health you could think about doing call outs then because uh, maybe everybody else is, is working on targets and stuff like that and concentrating. And your job uh, at that particular moment, if your job at a particular moment is less high intensity in terms of aiming or running or surviving, then, you know, give callouts a chance. Because, like, that's a good time that you can still contribute to the team. Of course, all of this callout conversation assumes that you're on mic. Right. And this is, like, one of the big arguments that people get into in the overwatch group on facebook which is that like people some people are like, you must be on mic you must be in channel and i don't think that's necessarily true uh I, I i think that anyone who's played the game has been has had a win or two with uh, not being in mic or on channel um and i think we've all had a you know a game with randos where everyone's communicating and it's wonderful by the same token, we've all had... I just posted a thing on YouTube recently where I was on mic in channel and two guys just started going crazy. It went from zero to salt and nothing. And we just lost the game because everybody was so frazzled by the end of it. Like, you might think you're helping by shutting down a salty person, but if you're creating an argument, it's just distracting. Yeah. Like, there are certain circumstances where it might be a person trolling or a little kid singing or whatever, but it's like distractions don't help you win the game and sometimes being in a group like if i'm in a comp match i would prefer to be in a a a dual queue uh comp match uh group chat with trav than to potentially listen to a bunch of distracting crazy people you know what i mean yeah like i can communicate bare basics with my uh you know with my call outs on the the chat wheel thing and uh, everything else, Trav and I can manage together. And as we build more people into that group, it's like, great, I can vet that. So I, what I would say with, with uh, when it comes to voice chat is it's not necessarily a necessity, but if it's done right, then it is an asset. It's always going to help you play better if people are communicating well. But you shouldn't expect people who necessarily maybe have social anxiety or it's i mean if you're female and don't want to get sexist comments 
I mean, these are real concerns for people. So, like, you got to take those into consideration. So this is another rule you should be flexible on. And remember that, you know, not everyone wants to hear your point of view or you shouting at them or being salty. So, like, if you're one of these people who, you know, thinks of barking orders at strangers is making you a leader and not an asshole, you might want to stop and think about, like, what your behavior is doing and how it's actually affecting people. If you see a positive change, then maybe I'm wrong, but, like, if you see a lot of people getting angry at you over and over again, then chances are you're the lowest common denominator in that circumstance. So, you know, maybe know your role a little bit better. And and also, like, a lot of people, myself included sometimes, just get, like, annoyed when, say, we're on attack and somebody picks, like, a Hanzo. But, like, I would never go in chat and, like, yell at that person. Like... You need to. You need to. If you if you really want to win in comp, you need to. Like, the best thing you can do for comp is not start fights and let people focus and give them good. Uh, like reassure them that that they're doing a good job because that will make them play better. Like yes, that's don't true. don't Being immediately go into chat has a positive effect and and yell at the Hanzo to switch. Like if it bothers you that much and you really want to like go in there and ask the Hanzo. Hey, I think we could use a DPS or could use another tank. Can you play that? If not, it's cool. Yeah. You know? Would you be willing to switch? Right. Like talk like a normal human being. Don't just go in there and start yelling at them. And and not even a normal human being. You might be more of an asshole like that to your friends. But I think it's important to know when you're communicating with strangers who don't know you, your sense of humor or personality. Don't talk to them like you would somebody you've known for 17 years. Right. You know what I mean? Like these aren't people that you know. Don't treat them like you treat somebody you're so familiar with that of course they'll love you after you treat them like an asshole you know that's not necessarily the case and you might have just made someone with a bad day even worse they might leave the match i said something the other day and i made a person leave like i'm not i'm not perfect obviously for many a reason and like i thought i was being funny uh but again i think there's there's a distinction here one is that you see something that could be a potential warning sign so say we're on attack on Gibraltar, and uh, our, uh, we see a, a Trav and I see a, a duo queue that's Ana and Symmetra, or Ana and uh, Widowmaker. And we're like, okay, two snipers. So Trav and I will normally adjust to try to think of ways that without talking to these people or complaining to other strangers, how could we best serve this team so it's still functional? All right, but we recognize it as a warning sign, a potential risk factor. But then we give it a chance at the same time. You don't right, mean that widow go... can headshot everyone. You never know. Right? They might be a widow main. They might have a golden gun, and we're like, oh, all right, maybe you, you, you know, you really love widow and you're really good at it because a really, you know, widow can be effective. Mm. You know, it's not like even as a widow who isn't getting a ton of kills, sometimes the threat of a widow can be effective right. in certain circumstances. Hanzo too. So snipers aren't necessarily a bad thing. It's just that we've all, you know, they're an easy scapegoat. Right. We all know that. Um, but the difference is if you see somebody who is being a detriment to the team and isn't helping, it can be easy to snap. And, for example, I, I play Mercy sometimes because I enjoy playing Mercy and I do a fairly good job of it. Um, and I was playing with our friend Paul and we were in a comp match and we're with this diva who just keeps spamming, I need healing, I need healing. And if any, anybody plays 
healer, you know the pain of getting the constant spam and feeling like you're being ordered around by some stranger who's not appreciating what you're doing and, you know, is being this, like, autocrat about, I need all of the healing, no one else matters, like, you're not doing a good job. It can take its toll, even if it's not meant that way, even if they're just a child doing whatever. So after a certain point, I mean, just in general, don't spam stuff. Yeah, don't. Unless you're, you're being you know, nice in some way. You know, unless you're saying hello to everybody. Yeah. Chances are it's not appreciated. You're talking about your old charge and spawn. Right, exactly. Nobody, it can be funny, but you're probably being distracting. The same way being salty is distracting. So during this match, this person kept spamming this. I switched the other voice channel and I said, hey, uh, please, I'm healing everyone as fast as I can. Stop spamming I need healing or I will reach through your TV and choke you out. Uh, I thought that was funny, but that person immediately left the match. <laughs> Either because they thought I literally had the power to video drum style choke them out through a television, or because they're a salty bitch and couldn't take criticism. I'm going to guess it's the latter, because that's the way most people are on the internet. The internet, a place where you're never wrong if you don't back down, which is, of course, ludicrous. Um, should we? Do you have any other... Yeah, uh, I, have, I have one that's been bugging me a lot lately. Um, and I didn't notice this that much uh, in previous, prior to like season four. Um, but the whole, so so ults are important in Overwatch. Like I think people hold on to ults far too long most of the time. But there's also a way to waste ults that I feel like a lot of people are, are I see a lot of people doing. Which is like. I'm probably guilty of this. It, I actually don't see you do it very often. Um, and I and I do it too. Like I'm not saying again, nobody's perfect. I do everything that we're talking about. I fuck up all the time. But if you if your team just pushed into a point that you're trying to capture, and you're playing soldier, and the other your team just got wiped, like it's you. You're the last. Maybe you're not the last one. Maybe it's you and like a like a, a widow sniping behind you. Like don't use tack visor there because. If it's if it, let's say you kill two of them, they kill four of you. Like you're not winning that fight. Like, and even if you do, like I'm I not, felt like I I was so guilty of that last night. And you're right because and we were playing this. We we basically played three comp matches with Kolar last night. We ended up winning, but they were hard fought, man. Mm-hmm. Like we we did not dominate in any of those rounds. And on um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the Dubai style map called? Having a brain fart. Mbani? No, uh, that's Africa. You know, the Middle Eastern, sexy, swanky, swarthy, the new map. Oh, oh, Oasis. Oasis. I don't, did we, um, oh, we did play Oasis last night. I was just remembering that we played Nimbani like, twice. Right. So, on, on that, I felt like I was just on the wrong end of a death trickle. Which is, I mean, again, group up, don't run in by yourself. Right. But sometimes you're so stressed out that you, you think people are still in there. Right. And I mean, you can, you should be able to see the reticles, but we've all been distracted and made a mistake like that. I was in that habit last night. I would run in and pop my ult as soldier and be like, oh shit, like I might get a kill, but they, I'm, I'm done in a second because I'm the only one there and I just ran into a wall of bullets. So it, you're right. It, you know, no, it, it, we're not saying save your ult for that perfect moment. Just no, to don't do that either. Game. Especially because with a character that's, that's that you'll obnoxious. get. That you'll, like... And, and I got this advice from Shore, which I appreciated, and I and I totally took it to heart, and it, it's worked for me for the most part. Like, if 
and and this maybe if you're if your aim's better than mine, this probably won't work for you. But my aim's not very good. So like when I play soldier, if there's a pharaoh on the enemy team that is just giving us all kinds of trouble, and I have tack visor ready, I will just pop it and just kill the pharaoh. Um, right. I will try to kill other people, but she's my main. She's the reason I'm popping ult for that. And soldier gets ult so fast, like it's fine. Uh, if you have a mercy that and you're backpacking a roadhog, like you're gonna get ult really fast. Um, that's that, that's something that we should talk about too because it has to do with the way ults are used. It's okay to solo res. Like it's okay to specifically if there is a person who is specifically harassing your team, some or exceptional player, a tracer who's just being super annoying. If you have an ult that can take her out, but you're like, uh, but I want to get play of the game. Forget about play of the game. More important than play of the game is winning that game. If you're right. playing a comp with these people, you'll be a hero to them, even if you don't get the play. Because we've all seen what play we of the game is. We didn't get cards last night, but I mean, we did our jobs. Yeah. I mean, and we, there were many times when we were at the turning point of those games, making switches and, you know, keeping things together as our teammates got salty. So it's like, you you got to do what you got to do. And I, I find that, like, as Mercy, if you're doing a good job as Mercy, chances are there aren't going to be a whole pile of corpses around you a lot. Right. So if you're just letting people die to get that big res, I mean, sometimes it can have an emotional tide-journing impact. But you could probably be doing a better job out there. If you can stay alive comfortably, like, you don't want to be in such a risk uh, to your merciness that you are dying with res, you know, at a time, you know, when you could have been hiding. Right. But I don't I don't hide that much. I just protect myself, stay at the back, and if it starts to get chancy, then I'll run. Uh, but, like, I don't stay hidden just to get that amazing play of the game. Because, like, who the fuck cares? Well, like, Is I anyone think... really impressed by your little video that you're posting on the community? No, no one cares. No one's patting you on the back for that shit. Like, it's so much more important to, like... I. I, I try to keep my tanks up for as long as possible because when one of those tanks finally goes down, if I'm healing Travis Roadhog, I can just feel the other team saying, finally, we got Roadhog. Boom. He's back up. You just spent five minutes doing nothing, bitch. That's so disheartening. It can really take the piss out of an, uh, an opponent. And that's so much more... Uh, and, and like especially when you're healing these big health tanks, you can get your res back pretty quickly. Mm. Sitting on it for waiting for the big res, you miss a couple opportunities to just keep that wall of defenders. You just want to up. keep the push going or the hold going. You know, like if if you kill one of them and they kill one of you, but the one they killed is a tank, like res the tank. And it's all about the like it's it's right. a I'm not gonna waste thing. that I'm not gonna waste that old on a unless unless we're doing so well in the Zen is just wrecking everybody right i'm not gonna waste an old uh res on a zen right who just keeps dying or a genji who keeps dying or something like that but, but if it's a roadhog and it's his first death hell yeah and like because you know that guy's keeping the team up he's part of that wall right and i think this is this is a point where you and i differ as far as mercy play goes but like i think that there is a time to hide as mercy um oh definitely i'm not saying you shouldn't do that but I'm saying that you don't necessarily need to. Don't, there don't, are other ways to play. Right. Be flexible and find the way that works for you. I think that in the in the situation where I would say to hide his mercy is when if if you hear a soldier or a Genji ult, <laughs> yeah, and you sure. are you can get behind a <laughs> yeah. wall, do it because then you can you can get that big tide turning res if he kills three people. But don't like if let's say a Genji ult and he kills three people and then his ult's over and you see one person. That is it like mid health? Don't wait for them to die. Just res and then heal that person. Like don't don't right. base your decisions around getting the most reses. Like it's it's all about when you do them rather than how many people right. you get most of the time. Right. But like if a Genji ults and you can hide and let him kill your whole team and then res, do it. But well, I mean, don't do I it for play of the game. Do it because that's what you're supposed to do. 
pretty fair advice in general. If a soldier is ulting, you should probably hide. If sure. Genji is ulting, you should probably find some sort of cover. And if a diva bomb is coming, same thing. Put up that shield. Oh, the dude, other that night, Ryan. <laughs> the other night, our Ryan lost us uh, the first point on Anubis, Anubis. right, yeah. Because he was, instead of putting up his shield when the diva bomb came, he was emoting. <laughs> so... Stop being an asshole. That's basically my advice for that. And also, I've I've hit the emote button times when I meant to say hello, but yeah, don't don't do that. That guy that guy was doing it intentionally. Right. That was the worst part. Um, there there are lots of little facets to the game oh, and lots of things that uh, you know. Don't be afraid to switch. Switching is good, but also you know you have to do that hard math where it's like I'm at sixty percent to alt. Is my alt more important than the switch? No. How critical is most it? of the time? The answer is no. Like, like it depends on what ult it is and right. how it can be used, but most of the time the switch is probably more important. It's like there's an improv rule. It's like, oh, uh, if you're thinking if you're staying on the side of an improv scene and you're like, oh, maybe I should have gone out and engaged in the scene. When should I do it? The answer was five seconds ago when you thought of it. So it's like it, it, this can kind of be like that with the time limit and everything. If you come up with an idea, sometimes it's good to just go with the flow on it because uh, like we've also seen those teams that are like who do you want to be and it's like already defensive setup time mm. and the team doesn't even arrive at the objective yet because they're all being too nice right deciding who should pick what like you know time is of the essence so use your time wisely and uh and try to have try to have good team composition i mean have a have a good healer who can keep you up there have been so many teams that i've seen that are just like so stubborn they're just like nope I'm Genji, and I'm not going to be anybody but Genji. God help you. And it's like, if I'm going to be Mercy, I'm going to shoot the gun the entire time. And it's just like, okay, you can shoot the gun sometimes, but please try to heal. <laughs> and also, like, as far as team comp goes, like, unless you're, like, in Grandmaster, you don't have to follow the meta. Like, right. Like, we all know, like, when they were doing that triple tank meta, like, we did it sometimes, and we, we do run meta comps probably, like, half the time. But it's not because we're trying to fit into something. It's just because we're picking what we need as far as, like, I personally, and this is just a personal preference, I like having two tanks all the sure. time because it, it just helps. And I'll usually play one of the tanks. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm going to play Genji and you should always play tank. Like, I will play Roadhog or D.Va a lot of the time or Ryan. But I also prefer, like, if there's a Mercy that can solo heal so that we can have extra DPS, I'm fine with that, too. That's not a meta comp. But it, but it, it works. And don't run Symmetra as your healer. Be like, okay, that's my healer. We have a like, support? No. no. Like, no, Jeff Kaplan do came that. out a couple weeks ago. Somebody was like, why is Symmetra and support should be in defense? And he was like, those those labels are just for new players to understand what they do. But Symmetra could easily be in defense. So could uh, or somebody else that somebody could have switched to something. But anyway, like, just because she's in support doesn't mean she's literally a support. Like... Right, don't be one of those people who are like, we're on attack, you can't play a defense character, I'm quitting. Right, it's they're like, all DPS or tank or or healer. Like, symmetric- there are certain situations where certain characters can really come in handy. If you're trying to move a point forward, snipers might not be your best because they're good at holding a line. Right. Same with same with May. She might be if she's a really amazing aggressive May who can get those headshots. We've all seen these players. It's like, all these, again, these aren't all hard and fast rules because... Different players have different skill sets. And if you see a comp, you're like, that's not going to work. These players might be... Wouldn't you rather have the players on your team playing their best characters than be like, I've never played Ryan before, but I guess I'll give it a shot. Exactly. That's the big problem with with 
people that try to make other people switch. Like, you can say we need a tank. Can you play any tanks and have the discussion with your team? But if this dude can only play Bastion, someone else has to play a tank. Yeah, and, and also, and, and, if, and do you really want him to play something that he that he can't play? If he he only knows how to play Bastion. He's not going to be right. effective as anyone else. Like, your and best chance is to let him play Bastion. Bastion player would be like, you know, would not be like, I only know how to play Bastion. I'm level 25. Time for comp. Right. You know, it's like, fuck, you know, on a personal level, fuck you. But if we're already in the match. You have no choice. You, know, you might as well try to win. Right. Try to make the best out of a bad situation and be like, that guy's a Bastion. We know that. Let's build this around him so he's useful. And if you are playing that Bastion, get behind the shield. Like, work with them. Don't be like, yeah. I'm going to do my special thing. Don't like, run away and then spam I need healing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't be stupid. And, like, stay together, work together. If you're a flanker, do your flanker thing. But for the most part, I, I just hate it when, like, attack characters all run in separate directions. Mm. And you've got a Rhine there with nobody being healed. Yep. And it's just like, what do you expect to happen right here? Everyone's going to die individually. And then the Rhine is just going to get run over. Like, this isn't a plan. And, like, old plans work for a reason. Like, if more people just ran the Bastion behind the Rhine with the Mercy, like, there would be a lot easier holds. Because it's a pretty solid plan. Right. Like, we all know how to counter it, but it takes time to counter that. And they're going to have to switch. Yeah. So, like, if if you're on defense and just want to hold a line, you know, maybe running three flankers who are not creating... I think, like, thinking about... Who's at the front of your line is important. Obviously, your tanks should be there, but if your tanks are like uh, Roadhog and Diva together, they're not going to create a as stable a line as a Ryan and an Orissa who can put up those shields. Right. You know what I mean? Because those shields add an extra barrier and literally create a line at a chip. Whereas Rhodey still needs to leave to heal sometimes, theoretically, and Diva is going to have to leave sometimes too. Just because her, uh, uh, what do you call it, defense her, her damage defense matrix will eventually go away. Right. So, we're, if you have a Ryan and an Orissa out there, they can pretty much constantly have a shield up the entire time. And to have soldiers and McCrees behind them, rather than a McCree pretending to be a sniper from a long distance somewhere else. You know, like, you can do some real damage from these chokes. And it's like, yeah, but what about our other entrances? Well, it's like, be the guy who's watching both. You know, have a peripheral vision post up behind the shield and then watch the other entrances if somebody starts jumping on the point it's your job to go oh that's yeah don't have the entire team run back to the point then the choke is gone yeah that's a really good point like especially if you're on comms like if if you hear a tracer behind at the point and you're playing winston or symmetra be like i got it and just go and and tell the team to stay like yeah you don't need to get letting one person i would say say two people Sure, because, sure. Because I'm a big... I think, like, this is a personal thing for me. Double team. Right. It's important in basketball. It's important in Overwatch. You see one person coming in, and you see one person on your team go after them, help that person if you can. If you're able, help that person. Because it's so much easier to take out any individual person when you've got backup, even by one person. And we all know if it's four, if it's six on four, the six is probably going to win unless that four is really strong. So by the same token, if it's two on one, you got a better chance of survival and not losing a pick. And the worst thing that can happen is like, there's, you know, there's a Pharah on the back line. So like Lucio goes back to fight him. Right. Lucio's dead. Then Symmetra goes back to fight the Pharah. And one by one, all of your DPS and other people are being picked off. So your front line is nothing. No, send two off the bat, 
kill that person quick, and then they're back, and you're like, the the people attacking you're like, oh, fuck. No, I, to our yeah, fair? I agree with that. And also, like, yeah, just, like, your choke, like, holding the choke and holding your front line should not break because a diva flew over your head into the point. Like, that shouldn't happen. If, that, if, if it's that easy to break your line, then you're going to be in trouble on defense in every match you play. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I know the temptation. It's like, oh, oh shit, yeah. I'm, I'm Reinhardt. I want to hit that D.Va with my hammer. I want to protect my team. And D.Va seems like a threat. But if she doesn't have D.Va bomb and it's like the beginning of the match, just send your, you know, send your Zenyatta and your Symmetra and she's done. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't even have to be your strongest people. It can be, you know, two people just ganging up and working together and we don't have to worry about her. That, that front line is great. And, like, keeping that front line, like, that's why I like running two tank, three DPS. Uh, I Usually two tank, two front line DPS, one flanker, and one healer. You know, a Lucio or a, uh, uh, Mercy. a Mercy. I, I don't think Lucio should be used to solo heal, but it did work for us last night when we were I think it. I think there are situations where it can work, especially if you have, like, a Roadhog or something I, that can heal themselves. Right. But... But he's not as he can do. He can do it, but you know he's not as uh, consistent necessarily right. as maybe the world's best Ana or the you know at any given mercy. But that being said, um, the reason I like that is is just because you can always have that flanker to harass them, but you still have some attackers by the front line. So that's that's just one setup, and it's not always going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no there's no setup that's always going to work. Because it's kind of like poker. Unless you can read your opponent and change to match what they're doing, uh, you're you're going to be disappointed at some point. There's no surefire golden ticket, Charlie Bucket. I hate to say it. <laughs> um, shall we look at some of these responses that we got sure. from the Constitution post? See what they say? Okay. So, uh, Brendan Cleary was nice enough to want to know about the podcast, so I linked him to it. And he said, I said, give us some feedback on it. He's like, I liked it. So I like Brendan Cleary. Thank you, Brendan. <laughs> if you're listening, thank you. Um, okay, so Nick Koss says uh, his rule is no kills in 45 seconds as DPS should force switch. What? Um, and that's, that's interesting. No kills in 45 seconds as DPS. My personal rule is if I die three times without getting kills... Uh, then I gotta switch. Well, but because what, so so, but let's say I'm playing soldier and I'm just not doing well, like I did last night. I couldn't kill that Pharah. Like my aim just wasn't good enough, and I switched. But like, so now your DPS switches to what? Like a different DPS, or do you switch to a tank? Or because like, yeah, it's not a very clear rule. And the other thing is, Brendan Cleary, our friend, says, "What if they have three K damage that happened in that forty five seconds?" Sure. Which as a Pharah. And a Junkrat, although I can get more kills as Junkrat. As a Pharah, you kind of get a piece of everybody, mm. but landing that final blow, like, you kind of want a Tracer or a Soldier to take out the trash for you. Right. You know what I mean? So, and that's the other thing that helps with double teams, is, like, there's nothing more unsatisfying as a Pharah to be, like, I have a ton of damage and just nobody's... Everybody's been... walking under the the uh, yeah. the roof whenever you're about to kill them. That, yeah, that's yeah, the exactly. worst. Or, or just, like, nobody's prioritizing those targets. It's like, oh, Farrah's shooting at him. I don't need to help. Oh, uh, real quick, so that reminded like, me. Let people get away. Like, if so, like, don't chase people too far. 
If right, if right. they run back through the choke, don't follow them. Let them go. If they're running back to their own spawn, just let them go. And especially, it depends on the character and their speed. Like, if it's right. a Lucio or a Tracer, don't chase. If it's a Zarya and she's at 60% charge and has 20% health, sure. by God, you chase her down. Yeah. Because people don't know how to kill Zarya. Shoot through that shield as it's ending, get an aim on her head, and kill her. If she's because... low. If she's at full health, don't shoot the shield. No. Don't shoot the shield. But if you're going to kill, if, if you're going to continue what shooting I'm saying and you is, can kill, then do it. So many times Zarya's get away... At like 60% charge when they have 20% health. By bubbling. Because they throw up the shield and, and yeah. they start to run. And everyone's like, well, can't shoot her anymore. <laughs> Better pick a new target. No, fucking wait three seconds or whatever. Or just blow. And, if she's got 20% health, that just blow through it and kill her. Unless she's like yeah, right exactly. in your face. Especially if you're Bastion. Right. It's like, if she's going to die soon anyway, it doesn't matter how much charges she has because she's going to lose it. Yeah, for people but, that don't know, Zarya's charge doesn't carry over through death. So right. you might as well just charge her all the way if you can kill her in the same you know clip or whatever no kills in 45 seconds as dps should force switch i get what he's trying to say which is that if you're not doing your job or what is perceived to be your job in that beginning in in about a minute of play then you should consider switching i think that's the way i think considering it is sure like i don't like none of these are hard rules like 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 you said sure like everything changes depending on the situation but like in general if you're playing a mccree or a soldier and you're you haven't hit a target that you've shot at and you've shot at five different people you should maybe switch to somebody that doesn't have to aim I'll, or something like that i'll give an example like Junkrat's probably my best dps character and uh i you know there's sometimes when they just have you countered it could be your best character and you get out there and they're just like i hate Junkrat. he's dead <laughs> and three times in a row in under a minute I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch to something that I think the person who's been killing me or the people who have been killing me are going to have a harder time with. Not because I don't think I'm a very good junk rat or I'm getting discouraged or whatever, but because there's something happening on that other team where it's like they have my number right now. All right, so I'm going to change my number and see if they can get that. You know, if the situation persists, then maybe it's just not my round or whatever. But, like, try, try to be reactive and not just keep beating your head against the same wall again. I think that's that's the thing with switching. Um, all right, let's keep moving down this list and try to get through some of this fast. Okay, this guy, this guy Andrew Gold was like, "What did you mean?" And then he started. I, I was like, "Oh, you know," I gave him an explanation of what I'm looking for. He's like, "Oh, here we go." He starts like, going <laughs> off. Okay, he Andrew Gold's uh, rules. Uh, this is like the Ten Commandments of Andrew Gold. Um, any hero is fine, contrary to Scrub's belief. All heroes are okay, but when you are asked to switch, like, X hero isn't working, could you go X to counter X? You abide by them because it's a team-based game. I don't say you necessarily uh, no. have to do it, but you should definitely consider it. You're right, consider it, be. and then maybe if if they communicate to you, like, hey, can you switch to Ryan? If you can't play Ryan, then say, I can't play Ryan. Is there someone else that I could switch to that would... Or say, like, I can't play Ryan, but I can play D.Va. And the cool thing is, if you're talking in a full mic and not just calling out one person then you can also be like, hey, I can switch to this, blah, blah. Like, we can all do some swapping. Right. And sometimes, a f- like, a swap of or a trading, like, sometimes you, like, one person switches off soldier and someone else just takes them. Like, we do need a soldier, but I can't do it. And someone else is like, yeah, yeah I get to play soldier. Right. Like, it's not so important necessarily that you're a soldier, just that someone is fulfilling that role right there. So it's, like, it's important not to think of yourself as, like, the Jesus of the game who must be the savior, you know? Right. Um, okay, Andrew Gold, rule number two. Mics aren't necessary, but preferred. That's a good way of yeah. thinking about it. 
The That's best good. is to remember to be in team chat with you and your party so you can always hear communication. Again, there are situations where we talked about team chat can be toxic, and sometimes you focus best with your own friends. Do what works for you, but you know, give team chat a chance every once in a while. It's not always bad, and sometimes you'll meet a new friend, like Trav. Um, I agree with that. Rule number three, comp isn't for learning new heroes. Quick play <laughs> is meant for understanding the basics of heroes. Comp is designed to master them. I don't know about mastering them, but I think it's designed it's about for testing. you to excelling right. at the people the you comp is not to learn Google. heroes. And I know that right. the people get really frustrated with quick play because they say, like, oh, well, everybody's just fucking around, so how can I learn a hero? Because it's not an actual, like, environment that would be like a comp game. But That's a perfect place. If everybody's fucking around then you really have to rise to the occasion to sure. do well. And sure. there's also a low... There's no punishment if yeah. you lose. Like, comp so is not, not where you learn. Fun. Yeah, comp is not where you learn. Also, don't be afraid to look up YouTube videos about how to play heroes. I do that all the time. Oh, yeah. Check out your Overwatch, which gives great advice on individual heroes and also has a couple different guys there who often contradict each other. So you do get the perspective that it's not always, you know, one way of looking at it. There are uh, contradictory ways that can work for different people. You know, mm. it's like, again, how you play a character with your particular skill set. Um, let's say rule number four, golds matter, but not in the way you think. They are heavily dependent on what role is being played. For example, golds and kills as Widow, when you have a 76 and Tracer, means that the most your team lacks either good defense or good supports. This doesn't mean the Widow is throwing, but your talents could be suited better to shore up an issue. That's me. Uh, you have, or at the very least, you lack decent DPS. So learning to realize if you are throwing or not is crucial. That's a confusing statement. Yeah. Um, but I think what this reminds me of, at the very least, is that uh, being aware of what, you know, like, <laughs> being aware of what, I mean, we've all been like a diva or a roadhog, and you have gold, and you've got like four DPS on your team, mm. and you're like, what, what the fuck are they doing? So like, be aware of like, how you're contributing and what you're doing. And if you feel like you're doing a good job, that's great. But if you, again, if you feel like you're not, then maybe switch. Also, if, if be, you're... Don't be afraid to switch. Right. And if you're, if you're, you may be gold, but let's say you're like, you're losing the point. Like it might be more beneficial as say a diva to focus more on defense matrix, matrixing the DPS hero so that they don't die so quickly so that they can spread the kills out more evenly and then get more kills overall and hold the point. Like, and, and speaking of points, moving, you know, don't step off the point as soon as you get control. Like, that's another thing. Like, and if, like, keeping three people on the payload will help it move at maximum speed. So try to do that. Like, the faster we get to the next point, you know, using Lucio's speed boost too, the better. You know, don't run off it. Like, most people run, like, five feet away from where they can still be helping. Mm -hmm. Like, they think they're helping, but they're not. Keep an eye on how many people are on the payload. Yeah, it tells, sure you, it tells you somebody's around there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Be aware of that. And also, cap faster if you've got people on it. Don't just, like, step off the point to get a good angle on someone. Cap first. Do that stuff later. The objective is the main thing. Uh, I, I think and I that... Know, that I, uh, control maps are a little different in that because you don't want just want to run on and then you know cap it for a second and then lose. Right. But in payload based maps, what I'm saying is is more valid. Well, I also think that like say you're you're uh, you're on um, what's the place with the diner? Uh, Route 66. Yeah. Say you're on Route 66 and you're about to get to the first checkpoint with the payload with the big door and there's the two. Whoops. There's the two. Uh, uh, 
like little cave systems right there that go around the door. Right, right. Like it's not the worst idea in the world to have your roadhog or something. Like I, I've done this, and sure you may disagree, and and that's fine. But like I will sometimes walk into that cave and just like see if there's someone there to p- try to push them back from uh, contesting. Sure. But it, it's again, it's all it's all a thing about like what does the team need at this moment? Or am I the only one well, pushing it, the payload? You know, if you are, then obviously don't leave. Yeah, exactly. But what I often find is that like everyone thinks that right, at the same sure. time, and then there's like a mercy guarding the payload, pushing right. it alone, yeah, and then dies, and they're like, "Why isn't the payload moving? I was out chasing that one guy I saw." Yeah, don't it's do like, that. Just pay it. Have spatial awareness of like what's going on not just like what you feel like doing and also at any like given moment. when in doubt just just play the objective like when you're in doubt don't yeah. don't get fancy just play the objective yeah and don't like come up with a new move on the fly in comp that you're like unless it's like this is all we have right this is the last it's a hail effort. mary yeah if something's working don't switch from it at the last second because that's how payloads get lost and that's mm. how objectives get lost you get lazy in the last 30 seconds it's over man um Okay, here's more from Andrew Gold. Deciding what character you use tells your team certain things. Like, for example, if you choose 76 or Widow, you're telling your team you will handle Farah if needed. I think that's, like, a higher-level thinking of it, but I think it's true, especially 76. I think people see a 76, they think that person counters Farah, and that's one of the basic counters of the game. Right. Farah needs to be countered because she can be trouble. Um, and as a Farah player, I will tell you 76 is hell on earth for us. So if you are 76, make Farah your priority. It's just what it's what people expect. Right. And like if you're a Symmetra or a Winston uh, focusing on jumpers like uh, Genji or Lucio, stuff like that. Like or Widow. No, no, like getting like jumping into the yeah. back line to kill Widow is Winston, stuff like that. Exactly. Knowing who you can be most effective on is just helpful. And that's one of those things that just playing the game from experience um and coordinating and and watching videos that tell you about your character that might help uh keep chat channels clear the point of having a mic isn't so you can chat or gloat it's for call outs too many games i get into and all i hear is screams and giggling (laughs) 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 um do not under any circumstances jump into comp only able to play one character okay we talked about that uh rage quitting should never happen i agree with that no matter how bad the game is going don't quit it's never a guaranteed loss unless you leave. That's a good attitude. Yeah. Um, learn to keep sprites high. I think you mean spirits. Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Overwatch sprites. It's funny because he added he added the e into spirits, so it says spiritess, but they oh. took it away from morale, so it says moral. <laughs> but the e was still there. Um, yeah, keeping spirits high is very important. I agree. Trav's better at that than me. I like to be sar- sarcastic. Where we sort of play good cop, bad cop in that mm. way. Uh, if you're okay, Dale Nathan Lounda Smith, he cannot possibly have all those names. <laughs> says, if you're playing Ryan, he also spelled your the wrong way, which drives me fucking crazy as an English major. Because uh, he did it twice. It's, if it's, you're but playing it's your Ryan, Ryan. Tell everyone when you're gonna charge in. He, uh, oh <laughs> it's your Ryan. If you're playing Ryan, tell everyone when you're going to charge in so he's not going in on his own and just dies. And I laughed at this because this happens a lot. Yeah. Sometimes you're like all standing behind Ryan. And you're like, it's working. It's working. And Ryan's like, it's working. And he just charges and dies. And <laughs> he like, just gets too excited. Yeah, right. Yeah. He gets too excited. It's pretty much, don't do that. Uh, there's plenty of times to charge. I would say if you're charging, if your charge target is like is very far away like they should be close yeah because the shorter the charge the shorter the pin 
Like, sometimes you can charge into a big group and get one person that's amazing, but chances are you're going to I watched a video of you launching yourself off of a... Which, I don't remember which map it was, but you were launching yourself off, and, and because they were all in a narrow hallway, and you like got yeah. a, an ulting McCree to, to knock him off. I watched right, that video right. the other day. <laughs> yeah, but that was that was in um, in that little left side uh, choke point on um, Volskaya. Yeah, Volskaya. Where it's like you. That's like a rhyme. No, I'm, I'm, it's not, like, it's, I'm not. It's okay to die. You. you got two because I I got like yeah a bunch of people. yeah. Uh, no, I got a billion in my in my memory. Um, the Rhine charge is hard, man. I still, I still do it in, in opportune times sometimes, but, but just again, it's tempting. again, when, it's when in doubt, just play the objective and keep your shield up and help your team. Like, don't get fancy. And remember that the more you stay alive, the more you're benefiting your team. Right. So try not to die. <laughs> it's, it's okay. This got three likes and this is just proof that people are stupid as hell. Mercy users should damage boost as much as they do healing. No, no. No, not even half as much. Uh, I I would I totally disagree with this. The only time you should damage boost is when everyone is at full health. Mm. Like there are some exceptions to this. Like, like maybe your bastions, or it's a bastion or roadhog people who can self heal. It's, right. it's you know May or whatever, and you're like, okay, they have their heal. Uh, but no, damage boost should be damage boost is like icing on the cake for mercy. Your job is to keep people up, not get kills with that soldier while other people die. I totally disagree with that. Well, I think the reason that it probably got so many likes is because people feel that Mercy doesn't do it enough in general. Um, I agree. And, uh, that, and, that, and that is true, but again, her main job is to heal the people. Like, damage she's boosting the only is good, healer... Yeah, she's going to be busy running, pretty much the whole match. Yeah, if you're running an Ana too, or a really great Zen or Lucio, then sure, she can damage boost more. But if her job is to keep up a, you know, a, a Rodog and a Reinhardt or a Diva too, it's like you're not going to see it that much. And, and the only time, the only time I would say to do any different is if if a soldier is ulting, damage boost him. Like don't let other people die while you're doing it, and don't let him die while you're doing it. Don't damage boost him while he's critical. But if everyone's going to survive and he's ulting, go ahead and damage boost him because that you'd be surprised how much more damage he can get out of Attack Visor with that. I agree, but chances are if he's damage boosting, he's already at half health and you should heal him. That's been my personal experience. I agree. I, I would just do it in the especially beginning. Especially playing... Uh, yeah, I, I try to do it as much as possible, but chances are, especially he's if it's high noon, I, I want to I damage boost that high noon all the time, but as soon as you high noon, people want to shoot you right. and stop it. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta use your head. Keeping, Keeping them alive is, is more important than getting them getting a four kill ult. Right, because if they're alive, they have a more time to get kills right. so in the end you'll be helping no matter what okay character bans great one watson Rashan. Rashan, that doesn't even say anything oh uh, no he's uh, saying he's saying in like dota 2 and in uh league of legends when you're when you're picking a team like i think i think the way it works is like you will pick a character and then you will pick one character that no one can use like a character ban so i think what he's saying is he would prefer in comp if you could say like no genji as like in addition to like, okay, I'm gonna play soldier, and also I'm taking Genji off the board so no one can use him. I don't think that would work in Overwatch, but I don't even understand it. Maddie Bradford says communicate. People like that. <laughs> Brandon Mag says don't hate May, hate the person using her incorrectly. I guess that goes for all characters. Yes, that's yeah. true. And please don't kill me with your ice wall. Don't trap me also, on the other side of things with your stupid ice wall. Always leave a crack that people can get through. You can still, if you know there's a crack. In the ice wall, 
everyone's gonna funnel through that crack, and you can shoot there. If by putting up a wall that has leaves no crack anywhere through, it's just stupid. Yeah, that's that's good advice. I I actually had never thought about that, but that's a good idea to like just leave a little bit of. Yeah, they're all like, right. "Oh, what a dumb may." She left a yeah. crack. Shoot there. They're all dead. Um, game has given us a chance to swap, so swap if needed. Don't hold your alts. Clayton Newman says that's about right. Mm-hmm. Oh, forget my comment. I thought blah 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the that's the character bands guy. Oh, okay. Uh, he says, "Oh, forget my comment. Thought you meant make in game rules. I want to have a mic talk about team comp while picking, so it's sorted out." A must-have mic. A lot of people think you must have a mic. We already said we're flexible on this. Must be willing to switch to hero that the group needs. No. Don't do that. Like, if you can play the hero, then yes. But like we've said, if you can't, then don't. Like, But try to be nice and explain that to your team. Man, Andrew Gould is back at it again. Here's one. Team comp should always have a minimum one tank, one healer. Agreed. You don't know if your team can sustain that thin of a back and front line then opt for a second high survivability tank. It's always better to run two tanks, one healer, three DPS, than to run one tank, two healers, three DPS. Ideally, the common practice of the 2-2-2 strat is preferred, which breaks down to two tanks, two DPS, and two supports or healers. Yes, that's pretty yep. common and intelligent. In a Ryan versus Ryan death ball... Knowing when to dive and when to not is crucial. Also, being vocal about it is important as well. Too often have I seen uh, uh, Ryan either never dive or dive too often. Learning to dive and when uh, when can make or break a team fight. He should always attempt to remove the enemy Ryan from their group. Interesting. I don't Wait, know was he saying that. when you're when you're squaring when the two Ryans are squaring up against each other, or was he just saying yeah. in general? I think he's talking about when it's a Ryan versus Ryan. Okay. Offense. Yeah, defense. I'm not. I'm not good at killing Ryan as Ryan. Like if I get the pin, I'm fine. But but <laughs> yeah, it, it can be fun though. I have that all, thing all where those he, character versus character battles are funny. He starts okay. charging me, and he's just far enough away that I think I can get out of the way. But I stare at him so singularly that like I jump <laughs> and I somehow move the stick back in his way. So uh, this this one. Oh, says, also speaking of Ryan, just so everyone knows, you can fire strike through shields. Yes, and you can also uh, Winston zap through shields. And if if your fire strike hits, hits any part of Ryan's shields, he takes damage. As far as I know, right? Oh, really? I think so. I feel I like I take I damage when I blo- when I when I they don't hit me. But maybe I'm wrong. Really? I think so. Yeah. I think it's those wide shoulders. Maybe. Ar- Arnab Dutta says you need to have the game and be level twenty five. Brilliant. I agree. Uh, that, he is not wrong. That is the he's first not, rule. He's not wrong, but he's not smart. Um. <laughs> No character friendships like Farah and Mercy or Zarya with Junkrat is basically good, mostly for the alt. Uh, what? I like thinking of that as character friendships. Yeah, I like that better than uh, com- Wombo Combos. What? Wombo Combos funny. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> I just like to think of character friendships like Farah and Mercy, and I ship them. I, every time you uh, say friendships, it just reminds me of Mortal Kombat and when they used to have friendships. <laughs> yeah, friendship, babality, <laughs> animality. Uh... Don't interrupt a widow duel. What? Wow. That, is, that is a dumb statement, Nathan Troy. Think about your life. Um, the podcast is definitely worth a listen. Wow, he's so right. That's the best advice I've heard yet. Who is that? Uh, that's Brendan Cleary. Okay. That's the same guy from before. Right. Um, Edgar Guzman says, "Don't be a cunt." Good advice. And go triple <laughs> DPS because that's your main. Uh, what? O- only not to do shit and get killed by their supports most of the time. I think he's thinking of a specific situation in his head. All right. Good luck with that, um, I guess. Whatever. Who is that? Yeah, Edgar Guzman. Good luck with that, Edgar. Yeah. Good luck with spelling, too. Uh, Gold limbs doesn't mean you shouldn't switch. It's interesting. I agree. 
Gold it's all about damage your doesn't mean you're carrying. It means enemy mercy has her ult. What? Wait, what? Uh, what was the I last one? Gold, gold, gold damage. Limbs, gold limbs or da slash damage doesn't mean you're carrying. It means enemy mercy has her ult. I agree that it doesn't mean you're carrying. It means you're doing your job if you're like DPS, like soldier. It also probably means the enemy mercy has res. Just because it's your yeah, but I don't like the way that's phrased. I don't either. It but I, I get like the point. don't do damage, or else you could help the mercy no, sit yeah. there and do nothing. No, it's like yeah, but it's, it's also game. if you can focus the mercy, <laughs> that way she won't heal. Yeah, always focus the mercy. God damn, there's so many of these little rules, but always focus the mercy. Kill her first. Yeah, I mean, I, I get why uh, people come into Overwatch and they go into comp at 25 and they're just so overwhelmed. Yeah, I understand. And then they become like whatever. It's just a game. Yeah, <laughs> you guess they don't and care. Or they start throwing. Either way. Yeah. Just because it's your main doesn't mean you're the only one who can play it. That's true. Yep. That's good advice. Just because it's your main doesn't um, mean that you're the best person in the world with it. Right. In-game chat works. Having no mic doesn't mean you can't use the in-game communication window. Agreed. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. You can't also, force someone to change, so please shut the fuck up and deal with it because I don't want to hear you whine. Yeah. Okay, fine. Like, Sorry. Also, like... Uh, I got it. I did it again. What? I... I... I scratched myself on my scab, and now it's just bleeding everywhere. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. Oh, God, I'm a mess. I need more Vicodin. Um, um, like, the group up with me thing can be useful for, like, say you're a Mercy and someone's flanking you. Like, say group, spam group up with me, like, once or twice, and they will probably turn around. Yeah, no, most likely they'll run in different directions because they'll be like, no one tells me what that's to do. That's I'm true. smart. And you're not smart. Um... Have a character ban list be between both teams at the beginning of the game, forcing Mercy mains to be more diverse. That's... Yeah, it's those Mercy mains. Man, they're really ruining the game for us, right, guys? Uh, thanks, Kyle. Every team needs two healers. Ideally, one of them should always be Lucio. Where do people get these, like... I mean, every team needs two healers. Sure, maybe that's an idea. But one of them should always... <laughs> I think it's because they, the speed boost for engaging. Is sure, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, but... it's not like Lucio. I love Lucio, but, like... It's these crazy... Yeah. Like, like Zen can also these, be super like, helpful. If they're running, like, four tanks, and you Discord all of them, like, that's more helpful than a speed boost. Literally any character can be useful yeah. in a given circumstance. Yeah. That's why they're all in the game. Right. <laughs> except for, Always except use for Widow torment. on capture points. <laughs> I No, she, she, can, she can. It's just, she it's, still it's could hard. be. You yeah, just need to be hard. good. Yeah, it's just hard to do. Yeah, that's my other thing, is, like... People play snipers like they're playing like Call of Duty or some shit. Mm. They're like, I can't get on the objective. It's like I've played Hanzo a million. You can still snipe from on top of the payload. And Widow has moving. a machine, has a, like an assault rifle built into her right. sniper it's, it's rifle. It's not that so. good, but like you can still be near the payload. Right. You can still get. You can still snipe from behind Ryan's shield, yep. and it's still very effective. Yep. You don't need to be as far away as possible, pretending you're, I don't know, an elite Hanzo. Um, those are all the things from that. I think this episode's already gone to its super length, uh, because of our, our, our old school length. It's no longer our fast in and out hour episodes, but I did want to talk about this. So yeah, if you I have mean, any, that was fun. if you have any, um, if you, the listener have any like overwatch comp institution rules and stuff you would like to discuss, uh, send them to uh, Overwatch at the Entitled Gamer podcast. Wait, no, Overwatch at the Entitled Gamer dot com. Uh, we'll get it. Um, yeah, you can pretty much send anything to us at. You can send to question at the Entitled Gamer dot com or whatever, and it all forwards to our Entitled Gamer email. 
Um, so that's all I have for this week. We'll have to save that Batman discussion for another time because I think we've already hit a certain length. We're trying to be shorter, right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. That was a good. Right. That was a good constitution. We'll we'll probably that that actually seems like something maybe we should revisit in a few months or six months or something. Okay, that's a good idea, and we'll probably post this episode on that chat and get lots of hate from all the scrubs on there, mm-hmm. uh, just to, <laughs> to let them know that they're famous now. Um, so, uh, anything else to add, Trev? Uh, nope. Have a good day. Enjoy comp and be nice to each other. Love one another, man. Groovy. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Entitled Gamer. The Entitled Gamer is hosted by Matt Shore and Travis O'Brien, a.k.a. Big Trav. The Entitled Gamer is edited by Matt Shore. Theme song by Braxton Boren. To get the latest episodes instantly downloaded to your device, subscribe to The Entitled Gamer on iTunes. You can also stream and download episodes from our website, www.theentitledgamer.com. Follow us on Twitter at EntitledGamer69. Or like our Facebook page, you guessed it, The Entitled Gamer. You can also follow Matt on Twitter at Shorster and Trav on Twitter at T.O.Brien90. Got a question, comment, or concern for The Entitled Gamer? Your question could be asked and answered during the show. Simply send an email to question at theentitledgamer.com or contact us on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and have an entitled day.